passage of scripture I want to read to you today is out of Psalm chapter 122, 1 through 4, very short. We're going to let Pastor Chad go for just a few minutes. It says this, I was glad when they said unto me, church call, let us go into the house of the Lord. For I was glad when they said unto me, you, you know, and I'm going to just, can I meddle for a minute? Can, you, you know, if I meddle, it's because I love you. If, if I can't correct you, I can't protect you. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. If, 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 if you miss the king because the mouse of the under, under the chair, listen to me. If, if you miss the king, if you miss the glory of God, the presence of God, if you miss what church calls about, because who was at the front door? Who parked in your parking spot? Who didn't respond to your Facebook post? Who did you wrong in a business deal three years? If, if, if you miss what God is trying to do in your life over, over some little bitty issue, that can be corrected, that can be fixed, that can be forgiven, that can be healed. The enemy's winning in your life. The, the, the Listen to what he said. I was glad when they said unto me, well, I hope I don't see her this morning. You know, I, I'll go there, Chad. This is what they tell us. They say, when are you going to build that new building? I said, listen to me. You are missing the best part. If all you do is go to church for a building, you're going to be so disappointed. I see people, they say, how close are you on the building? I said, man, I don't even care about the building. I wish we were in Houston. We would stay mobile 11 years. See, I have to say that one on Sunday morning so I don't get no pushback from the staff. Staff said, I'm retiring. I, I can't care. It's a barn. I'm going to be glad when you got better parking spots and the kids got better ministries and screens and projectors and you can get coffee. I mean, yeah, I love all that. Raise money for mission. It's just a building. We don't even talk about it here. I have to apologize because I forget to tell you. You're missing the best part. You're missing the organic growth. You're missing the discipleship. You're missing the fellowship. You're missing making a difference in somebody else's life. You're missing the Miranda Holt stories of Monroe, West Monroe. Is that, is that okay if I just put you on blast, Miranda? You're missing God reaching into people's lives with love and compassion pulling them out of situations, turning it around, giving them a new hope and a new, if you're waiting on a build, I just, they say, I'll come. When you get the new build, somebody will say, well, when you go to two services and I don't have to see her, I want to say the enemy's winning in your life. I, I would come, but they were vaping at the front door, but you're dipping. <laughs> then the next week, the next person says, well, I would come, but he was spitting in a snuff can at the, I'd like, you are missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. I was glad when they said unto me, church call, let us go into the house of Rhonda Brown. Nope, house of Chad Parker. Nope, house of John Skipworth. Nope, house of Todd Hibbert. Nope, house of Oaks Church. No, let us go into the presence of God. Listen to what David said. And now here we are standing inside your gates, old Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you're a well-built city. Its walls are seamless, they cannot be breached, it's impregnable. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. If you're going with me to Israel in November, you're gonna understand all of this Old Testament literature here pretty soon. This is what his concluding statement is, and again, I'm gonna pray, let Pastor Chad go. They come, God's people come 
to give to you, Lord. They, they don't come to get from you. They come to give to you. They came to give you their worship. They came to give you their offerings. They came to give you their thanks. They came to give you their exaltation. They came to give back to you the overflow that you've given to them. You gave them life today. You gave them breath today. You gave them strength today, hope today, families today, business today, futures today, deliverance today, miracles today, restoration. And all they knew to do in response is to show back up and to try to give something back to you. Do you go to church? Do you go to church to give? Or do you go to church to get? And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a preacher. I know. You come to get. A lot of you do. Come to get worship. Listen to me. I'm not chiding you. I'm not down on you. But if the only time you listen to worship music is on Sunday morning in church, partner, you're missing so much more that God has for you. I don't listen to worship music all the time. Trust me. But I didn't start listening to other music till I was able to listen to that music without it taking me too far back down roads I had already been down. But listen to me, I can worship God on the tractor. I can worship God on the lawnmower. Matter of fact, I think I have less distractions on the lawnmower than in here on a Sunday morning. If, if, if the only time you listen to God's word is the 45 minutes you listen to me, I feel sorry for you, even though you may say, I love you. Man, I love the word I give, and I appreciate that. But listen, you're missing. God can speak to you by creation. God can speak to you by his spirit. God can speak to you through his word. And I'm not condemning you. I'm in, trying to motivate you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to spur you on to get more out of your relationship with God. Check this out. So that when you come, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on CPR. I, I, I don't have a vent tube in. I'm not on life support hoping to make it to Wednesday, make it to next Sunday. I'm trying to get you to a place where you're off the machines, off the tubes, off the tray, off the life support, off of being hand-fed like children so that you are actually strong enough, big enough, mature enough to give something to somebody else. Now, now listen, I love the Holy Spirit. I love being Pentecostal. I love the clap, love the praise. I love the Holy Spirit coming on people, changing them, making them new people. But listen to me, all of that is for naught unless we do something with what God deposits in and on our lives. And the reason he changed Gideon so that Gideon could change the world. The reason he changed Saul so that Saul could become the ruling king. The reason he changed David and made his heart like the heart of a new man is so he could be the longest leading king to infect and influence the hearts and the lives of other people. We say it like this, God did it to you, James McCormick, to get it through you. He did it because he loved you. I can't wait to share your story of hope. Folks going to fall out. You say, I never knew that. But here's what I love that you do at Home Improvement. You never forgot that he did it to you. So you let him every day of your life that you're the vice president of Home Improvement Outland in Monroe, West Monroe, wherever they're all at now, giving it through you into the lives of other people. That's, that's called I, 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 I give out of the overflow of God, not I barely survive on the crumbs of what I get from God. You, you just decide today, do you want a seat at the table or do you want to eat the crumbs under the table? Both are available in God. For I was glad, Dougie, 
Dougie Fresh, let me hear it. Church call. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David said, now here we all are. We're in Jerusalem. It's beautiful. This is a great city. Can't be penetrated. That's talking about being in the presence of God. The enemies can't get to us here. And he said, I came into this place to give back to God out of gratitude and thanks of what he's given to me. Father, I, I just pray today that someone would get excited. Someone would get excited about what you've done in their lives. Get excited about what you've done with their family. Excited about how you've blessed them and given them opportunities. And God, ultimately, here's what I pray. I pray that they wouldn't give me a pat on the back. They wouldn't give Chad a pat on the back. That today they would just make a decision to say, out of that, that stream of gratitude in their lives, I'm going to give this away to somebody else. I'm going to give this away to somebody. I'm going to see this, what you've done in me, make a difference somewhere else to somebody else. Because Dad, come and just read Sunday at Oaks Church. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Put your hands together for Pastor Chad. Love on him. Let him know you appreciate it. It's going to be a little unorthodox today. Put this one statement for you note takers. It's going to be a lot of notes today, but only one, one, one point you have to write down. Here it is. Here it is. This, this is it. Everything I will share today will flow out of this one thought. Church is about giving, not getting. People will say mistakenly, they mean well, I go to church to be encouraged. I, I, I go to church to, to hear a word. I, I go to church to, 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 to be changed in the presence of God. Most of the time, and, and it's, it's legit, that's what it's for. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not knocking that at all. My brother, I hate to put Joseph Wells on blast, but hey, I'm on a roll today. <laughs> Joseph had come up here and was, was asking for prayer, and uh, he walked up with just, just a careless and reckless abandon in his prayer request. He just, he just said to men at the altar, I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of striving. I'm tired of, tired of pushing. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm tired of trying to live right. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm just, I'm tired today. And immediately, I heard the Holy Spirit say, those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Now, now, now here's what we think wait means because we're Westerners. We, we think that means chronos. We, th we think that means chronos time. Wait. I just stood around waiting for the clock to strike five, and then finally at five, God did something. I'll never forget calling on Dougie Fresh. I heard this thing years ago, like you should pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in tongues. How many of you are grateful for praying in the Spirit? Doug, they would say, an hour a day. You could ask Doug. I would have my watch down there, my running watch next to my bed, and I was expecting Jesus to come back at 59.59. I thought something magical. I didn't understand that what older people were trying to tell me is there's just a great benefit. There's an overflow into your life, strength and maturity, if you just make it a habit of spending time in prayer, praying in the Holy Spirit. I thought the hour was the magic number that something happened. How many of you know I was let down about the 12th time I did it, the 12th hour when nothing happened at the hour? I started rethinking my own logic. Like, hold on, this I got something wrong. It's those that wait upon the Lord, John, isn't I waited till 5 o'clock. I waited till the 1st or the 15th to see if my check came. No, in the Hebrew language, this word here, those that wait 
upon the Lord would be best described. Side note, Pastor Chad, don't kill me. I'm messing with your stuff. There was this one time, y'all, I got mad and I threw all his stuff across the worship center. And uh, he didn't say nothing to me. And I thought I got out of church without being in trouble. And the next week, I got a purchase order emailed to me that says, this is to replace all my broken stuff you, you threw. You threw across, you threw, you remember that, Ron? <laughs> he said, this is to replace all my broken stuff you threw across the room Wednesday night. Don't think I forgot about that. I thought, okay. It, it would be like going to Janusa's. And they came out and they said, what can I get you to drink tonight? Th- those that wait upon the Lord would be best described as you table waiting, you ministering to the Lord. I'm giving to you. I'm serving you. You have my focus. You have my attention. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall have the Holy Spirit come on them and make them a new man. They shall mount up like wings as eagles. They will be able to walk and not be weary. They shall be able to run and not faint. When people get burnt out in trying, when people get tired in their doing, it's a sign they're operating in the flesh, not working with the power of God that he wants to work so mightily in them. Learn the difference of me and my flesh and me operating, co-leading, following my dance partner, the Holy Spirit who's calling the rhythms of my life, the cadence, left, right. The Bible talks about, put it back up there, please, going to church to give and and not to get. It, it, It talks about when we go, I came to give you something knowing that you're going to give me back infinitely more. Now, listen, I'm not talking about I put $10 in. You you don't try tithing. I, I don't think I've ever talked about tithing at Oaks Church. We don't even pass offering buckets. You, you don't try, it's, it's, it's not like scratching a lottery ticket. It's again like the principle of learning to be a person of prayer. There is a benefit in it. It isn't I tried it and I put $10 in and I stood back and waited to see if I'd get $100. That, 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 that's not even how the scriptures talk about the aspect of giving. It's first recognized in Deuteronomy 8 and 18 that it is the Lord your God that has given you the power to create any wealth you have in your life. And out of the honor, the overflow of I recognize you gave it to me, I'm giving a little bit back to you to do what you want to do with your kingdom in the earth with it. I understand that he is going to give me infinitely more back than I could ever give to him. So when I come up here in a moment of radical surrender and I say I'm tired of trying, I'm wore out, which I have done many times, I know that as soon as I give him my heart, as soon as I give him my honesty, he's going to give back into me. He's going to pour something in me that I didn't have a moment ago that I'm going to get up off of that floor, having been freed from that burden, made a new person. And I said to Joseph, I said, after we prayed, He got ready to walk up and I said, Joseph, I want to ask you something. I said, do you still pray in the Holy Spirit? He said, no. I said, lift up your hands. And I prayed with him, not for me to give it to him, for me to be a funnel and a a conduit for the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden he fell out on the floor and started speaking in tongues and he started laughing uncontrollably. And three minutes before that, he was weeping in tears, crying about the burden he was feeling in his life. That transition, that shift happened in his life. When the spirit and the presence of God was poured in like new wine and new oil, 
to a burn or to a scab or to a sore in his life that had gotten infected. It was painful. It was too much to handle. And then all of a sudden, God pours in the oil and the wine and makes it new, heals it with like balm. And all of a sudden, what was breaking him down and causing him to cry is liberated from him and he's laughing. God gave back to him way more than he gave to God. He just gave God surrender. God gave him transformation. Church is about giving. But I understand as the pastor people do come in their times of need, I am opening these altars specifically. You don't think this happens by accident, do you? We don't wait till the end of church to open the altars for prayer. That means if you have a need, if you came with a need, we want to agree with you. We want to pray. We understand you're coming to get. Listen to me. But at the same time, that's like saying you're in children's ministry right now. There are times, I tell every one of these staff members, don't you ever, ever, ever get above a place where you will walk up your narrow tail up here and ask somebody to pray for you. Do I ask you to pray for me often? Do I ask you to pray for me often? Do I ask Chuck to pray for me often? Do I ask Linda Parker to pray for me? I'm not beyond, I need prayer. But listen to me, with this right in my life, this cycle right, I can pray for a whole lot more people than I need to be prayed for. One is I'm in children's ministry and I'm in a place of need constantly. I need counseling. I need discipleship. I need fixing. I need delivered. I need money. I need, I need, 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 need. And then all of a sudden you grow to a place of maturity, manhood, womanhood in God, where you say, I'm at a place now where I'm ready to give. I still have needs. Todd, do you still have needs? Rhonda, do you still have needs? This is not saying you're ever going to get to a place in God where you don't have needs. But it just says I've got to a place of stability where I can offer help and assistance to other people more so than being the central focus of always needing attention. If we didn't preach nothing else, you take that sound bite and give it to about half of your family and just tell them to marinate on that for a little while. Your life will change. It's, It's your perspective I came here today because I have a need, and that's okay. But the next place for you to go, again, I want to see you grow. We're, we're going to give you grace here, but I'm going to preach the truth along the way. I want to see you grow to a new place in God. I want to see your walk change. You wouldn't want me still sticking needles in my arm. You celebrate the fact that I came out of that. You, you, you wouldn't want me still hung up in that. I don't still want you hung up in some of the things that used to fetter your feet. I want to see you grow. And the area we're focusing on today is you always needing to get. Rearranging that like those men. Church call. <laughs> Boy, they had the slides on. Everybody in prison. Now, you can only wear blue. Blue. That's why I wear blue today. Blue chambray shirt. Just like life. Just like Eddie Murphy and Martin. I ain't telling you to go watch that movie, but it's just like that. That's just the, G, that's just the, the PG version of it. <laughs> Shoes, plastic trash bag made crosses, Bible covers big enough looks like a horse saddle, <laughs> Dake's Bible, every translation, skull caps, hair tabby forward, rolls. The brothers know who I'm talking about. White boys got hair gel in, everybody's clink, standing up there. They're waiting early. I'm just going to give it to you. You know why? 
as soon as they say church call and they take you down to the chapel 10 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes for whatever minister was coming that night everybody in that place you know what they did sat around use their cell phones walked around and shook hands with everybody and talked to the free lady tried to get her number <laughs> nope <laughs> you know what they did they got out on their knees in the chair asked the free people would they turn worship music on david otis lifeline ministry 165 highway 165 used to come crazy as all outdoors he'd always late they said can you turn the worship music on until minister otis gets here tonight them boys would get out on their knees not talking to each other and they start giving to God, I give you my praise, give you my worship. I lift up my prayer request tonight. I pray that whoever's in this place, whoever, whatever they need tonight, God, that Pastor Otis would make it here safely. Whoever's coming tonight, minister, make it. He have a word in season, ready to go. And God, I pray tonight that, that if, if he be led by the Spirit to give me an opportunity to share a word of encouragement, <laughs> you give me an opportunity to share my word of encouragement. Everybody in there was praying call on me <laughs> call on me <laughs> black white young over and when they say has anybody got a testimony tonight <laughs> brother it opened up six pages of notes i need you to turn to the book of leviticus tonight in your bibles god gave me this word of encouragement 37 minutes later he done finished sharing his word of encouragement has anybody got a song tonight three different guys has anybody got a word of testimony tonight everybody that went went down there ready to give not get oftentimes ministers would come in off the street and they would sit down and they'd say you boys more prepared you boys more full of spirit than i am y'all have church tonight because they were spending so much time feeding their spirit so much time in that word doesn't mean they didn't commit the crimes they committed doesn't mean they didn't have the past there doesn't mean they were forever going to be perfect leaving out of that place just meant in that season they got to a place of maturity in god where they were so full of god's spirit they could pour out they didn't need to be poured in What my hope and my prayer is at Oaks Church is it maybe not be like that, but that we would take care of our own spiritual walks, take care of our own relationships with God, get to a place of maturity where I understand it's about giving more than it is about getting. It's, it's about helping somebody touch us. Let, let me just show you here, here. Here's one of the very first ones I want you to see that the Bible mentions. The Bible mentions that one of the reasons you go to church, my friend, is to give your worship corporately to God, to give your corporate worship to God. Listen to me, and I, I'm going to just level the playing field today. I'm not just talking to a certain group of people. I'm not trying to be mean-spirited, but if you wait outside for worship to be over, you are missing one of the greatest aspects of Christianity that you will ever know in your life this side of heaven. If you stand outside and drink coffee, if you stand outside and vape, if you stand outside and shoot the bull, hit a girl up, hit a guy, try to get a number. If you're doing your business on God's time clock on Sunday mornings, you are missing what God has for you in your life. Check this out. You need to get to a place where when they hit that first chord, the only reason I'm not in here on the first chord, they're back there praying for me. They're trying to put this microphone on my head. They're trying to make sure the sound check's right. Or they're chasing me around the building because I'm out trying to love on somebody, hug on somebody, pray for somebody somebody 
But when that first note hits, when that countdown strikes, you ought to be standing up ready, clapping your hands, saying, come on in with the presence of God. He deserves it. You need to give it. And the anointing is totally different in corporate worship than it is in individual worship. Let me prove this to you. Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. They're going to throw this on the screen. Brother Joseph's probably going to start shouting me down over there for sharing the scripture. It says this, how wonderful and how pleasant it is when the brothers get together in unity or in harmony. For that harmony that exists only in corporate worship, only exists when we're all together, young, old, black, white, Republicans, Democrat, the body of Christ. When we all get together with one unity, and that is solely Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. That harmony is precious like the anointing oil that the priest used to have poured on his head. It would run down his beard. It would go through the robe, collar, and it is refreshing like the dew that God sends down in the morning on the mountains of Israel. And check this out. And there, and there, the Lord commands, pronounces, special blessings over people's lives that equate to life evermore. What are you saying, Pastor John? I'm saying that the Bible says emphatically that when we get together in unity, no matter if I'm mad at you, no matter if I'm offended at you, no matter if you parked in my spot, no matter if I wish you were in first service, no matter if you did me wrong on Facebook six years ago, if we can look past all of that for just a moment, no matter if you were vaping or dipping or sleeping with whatever, the night before, the day before, the month before, if we could put all that down for just a moment and get corporately unified in the presence of God, that God shows up, not the worship pastor, not the leading pastor, not the preaching pastor, not the youth pastor, not the board of directors, not the trustees, not the media team. God shows up and starts speaking blessings over people's lives, over people's minds, over people's hearts that changes things eternally. Did you hear that word? Eternally. If, if I didn't give you any other meat today, not, and I don't mean that arrogant, like if I didn't give you any money, if you didn't hear another truth from God's word today, that's enough to make church an emphasis, a priority in your life. Do you know you have a direct lifeline? You have an opportunity. There is a portal open in the spirit realm for what your marriage needs, what your business needs, what your kids need in this building, in other buildings too. On Sunday mornings when we're all together in unity worshiping, there's an opening, a portal in the spirit realm open that's not open any other time in your life when you're not in corporate worship. Let me give you another one. Go to church to give your fellowship. Go to church to give your fellowship. Here it is. Others need you. Iron sharpens iron. Has, 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 Has anybody sharpened a hunting knife lately? My, my boy, Jeff Edwards, like my brother, man, my best friend. Jeffro is a knife fanatic. And, and, and when Jeff ain't got nothing to do, he does one of two things. He cuts his fingernails. It's like, it's like you're watching a mafia movie. You're sitting there talking to him. He's like, I'm going to make you an army again. And he's clipping his fingernails. I'm like, I'm like, Jeff, is he's clipping them fingernails? I'm pretty sure he's thinking bad stuff he could do to people. <laughs> 
it's just a feeling I get like, like, yeah, say something crossways right now. Get you with my toenail clipper. <laughs> or the second thing he does, he sharpens big knives. He, he held this knife up the other day. This knife's like this. He's like, you can stab this knife through a truck motor. <laughs> I was like, first off, I don't think I'm strong enough to stab that knife through a truck door, much less a motor, but, and he just sharpens these knives. Anybody ever seen a knife sharpening? Anybody ever seen it? Anybody ever seen anybody put an ax on a grinding wheel? Anybody ever seen somebody put a lawnmower blade, put a fresh edge on it? You know what happens? Sparks fly. I, I, I think we have this picture of iron sharpening iron, like you went and got a pedicure at the little Asian place and they put wax on your feet and rubbed it and there was, that is not what fellowship is about. Fellowship is about Friday night. I'm sitting at the hunting camp with Charles and because he loves me and because he's like my dad and because we're friends, he was, he was talking to me about some hard stuff and I was talking and, 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 and I gotta be, there was some sparks, there was a little friction. I walked away sharper. I walked away fresher. I walked away cleaner. I, I walked away better. There was some, there was some friction in it. Not, not like bad, like he hates me, mad at me. He loves me enough to have that. Loves this church, this city enough to have that. You, you, you follow? Go give your fellowship. Don't run from people that you say, I know they're gonna ask me a hard question. I, I know they're gonna get him. If their heart's right and they're trying to see your family reconciled, they're trying to see God put your life back together, there may be a little friction in that, but don't shy away from those people. Go give your fellowship. Amen. That, that's, that's too heavy, right? You say, oh man, I didn't wanna get up on Sunday morning for that. All right, check this out. As iron sharpens iron, so the countenance of one friend sharpens that of another. Man, I can tell you, Doug Pollock and I have had some, woo, we, we've had some hard conversations. Donnie Williams and I have had some hard conversations. David Masters and I, Todd here, we've all of us have had some hard conversations about things in our lives. They're my friends, they care. You need to care enough about someone else to go give that on Sunday morning, to go, to go care enough to get invested. Did you make meeting? Did you call your sponsor? Are you still involved in your recovery? How's your business going? How's your employees? How's y'all's budget this year? How's your marriage? How, how are your children? How, how are your Where are you at in your walk? I, I didn't say anybody's perfect. I didn't say anybody's got it right. I ain't saying be messy. Don't be messy. Don't be messy. But you go to church to give fellowship. Check this out. I'm going to mention it. This is just Bible. The Bible says that you go to church to give your generosity, your tithes and your offerings to God. The Bible says that God gave you everything you have. So he commands in Malachi, bring all of your tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough provision in my house to do the things that my house needs to do. Check this out. He says, here's the expected blessing. And then I'll open the windows of heaven. That portal that I was talking about in the heavens. And I'll pour out blessings on you. Check this out. It's like your grandma. He says, try me. Did anybody have that grandma? Anybody have that grandma? Said, try me. Raise your hand if you did. Oh, we had the same grandma. 
My grandma say, try me. My mama's mama. She was something. Harleen. Gloria Harleen. Whoo, she was something else. I, w- I was faster than her. I could outrun her, but I'd always get hungry. <laughs> and when I'd go back in there, she had not forgot. <laughs> she had not forgot. She, I thought she done forgave me. She had not. She said, I told you, try me. She'd break them paddles on me left and right. I'd run again. I'd gone again. God says, try me. Test me. I love the next scripture. I didn't even include it in Malachi chapter 3, 11 and 12. He says, check this out. It, it's not that you gave me this, so I give you this. He says, I will rebuke the devourer from off of your life. Anybody ever had a corroded battery? I, I drive an F-250. Those batteries are expensive, and there's two of them in there. Them batteries will get corroded, if you, and when you lose one and the power cell goes dead in one, it will kill both of them. I love that I know that if I pay my tithes to God, he's taking care of that corrosion under my truck on them battery posts. I know that when those tires on that Harley Davidson I just bought that are 14 years old and the Harley shop said, I will not allow you to drive out of here on those tires. You are asking to die that somehow I made it there without them exploding. I'm just... The Bible says that he will rebuke the devourer. When enemies are trying to attack your life, tear down your business, come against your dreams, come against, you've got a strong tower and a shield and a defender in God. He's doing way more than you know he's doing. He's keeping off of your family and your life way more than you know he's keeping. Not only is it enough that he's given you everything you had, then he's working beyond that and above that to protect you and to keep you and to sustain you. How could your heart not just overflow and say, God, it ain't nothing. It's a piece of paper that man made. I don't care about that. I care about you. Go to church to give your worship. Go to church to give your fellowship. Go to church to give your generosity. Here, I love this one. Go to church to give your encouragement. Go go to church. Somebody needs your encouragement today. Listen to this scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's sum it all up. This is 1 Corinthians 14. He's talking about the New Testament church worship experience on the Lord's Day, Sundays. He says, here's the heart and soul of the whole matter. Let's sum it all up. When you meet together, one of you should have a song. Another should be ready to teach. Another should have some special insight, revelation from God. Another will have the ability to speak in tongues. Another will have the ability to interpret the tongues. But all of this working together will produce a strength among you all that you wouldn't have without all of you working in an encouragement together. What I'm saying is, when you come, listen, I was talking to, and I'm gonna say his name, he's probably gonna kill me, Russell Poole, dear friend of mine. He's not here, he goes to Christ Church, very devout, lives in Doug and Donnie's and Charles and Rhonda's neighborhood very big in the retreat ministry for men. I mean, he's just a great guy. I've known Russell for years. Love him. Russell said to me, where are you preaching this Sunday? I was at the gym. I told him. He said, I got one question for you. He said, what are you going to do at the end? He said, because if that church is growing, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred people, those four, five, six, seven, eight hundred people will never preach. They'll never lead a worship. Why preach a message like that and not give them an opportunity 
to do something. What, 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 what am I saying? Am I saying, hey, get stirred up, feed your spirit, have a relationship with God and set on it? No. I'm saying, look for these outlets in your life, Pat Malone, so that you can be the vessel that God's moving through to be a blessing to someone else. Don't come and say, I need, I need, I need. Come and say, oh, I see your need. Oh, I sense your down spirit. Oh, you come with an encouragement. Come, stand at the door, greet somebody and say, man, let me tell you what God did in our family this week. It don't have to be all overly religious and pie in the sky. Matter of fact, don't do that. But, but you can share in a very practical, down-to-earth way something that's encouraging, something that's scriptural, something that's strengthening. You can come up, sign up, get on the prayer team, pray for somebody, see God do a miracle. Be about giving your encouragement to others. They need it. I can't get to every. I don't do that great of a job. Trust me. I can't get to everybody. I try and I try to kill myself doing it, but we could do a lot better job together, together. You don't have to have a title. You, 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 you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have an office. <laughs> I didn't have no office in prison. <laughs> I didn't have no title in prison. <laughs> I guess I did, 403187. <laughs> DOC number 403187. <laughs> I, I, I got a bicycle. I started riding to the assembly. I became the janitor. <laughs> and I went and did this with Donnie Williams at Fresh Start one night. And they said, he is that. He's not going to be that. He's not waiting on you to give him an office and a title to become that. He is that. Uh, uh, the question is, do you need, is, 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 is there some next level? Did you, gotta, do you need to go to school? Do you need a degree? Do you need a title, a promotion, an office? Or is that what you think? You have to be put on a worship team. You have to be put on before you start that. Because if you think that church is messed up, you're in your interpretation of scripture. You're supposed to be that before you ever get an opportunity to do that. One of, one of the things that I love the most, come on, Pastor Chad, I'm going to land this plane. What I love the most is I don't go to church or pastor a church with a bunch of plastic people that pretend they have it all together. I love that. Now, now I'm going to just clarify. There, there's three phases to this. It's just three simple phases. The Bible talks about all three of these phases. I'm still in this sin. I'm working to be free and get out of this sin, or I'm delivered from this sin. I'm, now let's change the word. I'm still in this bondage. I'm still in this addiction. I'm still in this perversion. I'm still in this hurt. I'm still in this pain. I'm still, I'm still in this lust. I'm still, any word you want to use. I stay away from the words. Because I don't believe in just picking on one. You're either in it, coming out of it, and ain't quite there yet. Or I'm free from it. I got mad respect, mad respect for that person that says, I'm right in the middle. I'm right in the middle. Everything in me still wants to be there. 
but there's something in me pulling me there. And I'm living in this internal tension, this tug of war. I like those people. You know why? Because that's where you're all at, whether you know it or not. You just hadn't had God highlight the issue yet. I'm telling you, if I walked around and said, oh, I was delivered from IV cocaine use. I was. I, I was delivered from sticking pistols in people's faces and robbing them. I ain't never stuck a pistol in nobody. I did drive down Thomas Road one time and see Charles Brown with a pistol stuck to somebody, though. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm driving down Thomas Road. I just left church. Dear friends are in the hospital. Kid had a bad wreck. I look over. He's dropping off Rhonda to pick up her little BMW and somebody that broke in Rhonda's BMW. And Charles, instead of calling the cops, jumped out and said, I used to be a cop. Put your hands up. And, I'm dri- and he's got a gun stuck in somebody. And a guy said, the cops drive up and they're pointing at Charles. Put the gun down. I'm like, oh my God. I have been delivered from sticking guns in people's faces and saying, give me all your money or drugs. But I ain't no dummy. That don't mean I've been delivered from everything yet. <laughs> right? I, 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 just had to, I just had to have God show me some other things that ain't quite there yet on. And I'm living in that tension. Sometimes my flesh wants to be there, but the spirit inside of me is pulling me there. I can work with that. I, I can work with that. I can live with that. I like that. People that pretend, listen, when you pretend all the time, pretend. Now, I'm not saying don't use discretion to serve. I'm not saying don't, don't, don't go around tell everybody everything. Come on now. Have some discernment. Everybody ain't your friend. Everybody don't mean you good. But when you just pretend, you, you insulate yourself from ever really getting help. You, if, if you never... First step, Richard Bass, CR, all these wonderful recovery homes that we have. What's the first step? Do what? Realize I'm not God and I can't do this on my own. I need some help. Come out. I love when people say, I came out. First step, you don't even know it. (laughs) Admit it. I can do more with people that admit it than people that deny. I'm in marriage counseling. And this guy is just wasting my time. He's just lying to me. And everything in me won't stand up and slap him and say, what the, why are you wasting my time here today? (laughs) And yours. I can't help you because you know everything. You're faking. You don't want to surrender. Quit calling me. (laughs) Call me when you like Joseph. (laughs) I quit. I surrender. I can help you then. You see what I'm saying? I ain't saying tell everybody everything. I'm not saying don't use discretion. But if you always pretend, it can never change. It's, 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 it traps you. The enemy wins. Let me give you another one. Another reason you go. Go give your service. Go give your service. Romans 12. Look at this. It's amazing the Bible's this accurate. 12, 7 through 10. It says, if you have a gift, John Grigson, of serving others, then serve them well. 
How many of you know that's a gift? How, how many of you think school teachers are gifts to the public school system? How, how many of you know they are underpaid? How, how many of you think, listen, if you have a gift of teaching, then teach your life group, Courtney Brazier, well. If your gift, Jay Huckabee, Bobby Russell, is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If your gift is to be, and I'm going to just, never mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. My heart, my heart is so pure sometimes. I mean, seriously, I, I wouldn't even mean, I'll just say it this way. We have some men, they don't ever want to be on the platform. They don't want to ever be on the pulpit. There's some women too, forgive me. They, they, don't, they don't ever but they believe their gift is to give money. And I almost said one of their names just out of purity of my heart, not, not meaning he's better or bigger than anybody, but I know that's how other people's heart would take it. Thank God we have people that say, my gift is just to make money and to give it to the kingdom of God. I could never, they would say, I could never water baptize 53 people. I, I, I could never give to these missionaries alone. I could never do these outreaches alone, but I know that if I give to this ground, they can do it, and that's my part in it. If my gift is to give, then give generously, knowing you're giving to God, not men. If your gift, as Pastor Chad was talking about, is leadership, and with leadership ability, are you ready for this? then take your responsibilities that God gives you seriously. You say, oh, it's just a parking lot team. Those people you pick up matter. They're God's purpose. You say, oh, it's just brew team. It's just, it's just coffee. <laughs> be honest with you. I know people that come here, and I'm not being ugly. I'm grateful for it. That's the only cup of coffee they'll get today because they can't afford another cup of coffee. Take that job. Take that responsibility that God's given you seriously. And if your gift is showing kindness, you, you know it don't cost nothing to be kind. If your gift is showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. It takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. It's easier to be kind than it is to be a jerk. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. You want to work at being mad at something, the Bible says work at being mad at wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other on Sunday mornings when you see each other with your service. <laughs> Alan Green, I wouldn't call you out for slipping in, would I? I love you too. Good to see you today. I'd rather see you here than not here. So many of us mistakenly make it about getting, and getting is important. I had to get, I had to get a whole lot of getting before I was able to do some giving, but now I'm in a giving season, not a getting season. I asked you today, and I'm going to close. Did you come this morning to give your worship or to get worship? Did you come this morning to give your fellowship or to get some fellowship? Both are okay. One's better than the other. How do you know $85 is good 
but $185 is better. <laughs> That's all I'm talking about. It's just that little symbol, greater than and lesser than. Both are acceptable. Both are acceptable. Pastor Rhonda, I feel this in my spirit. <laughs> this is not an invitation to come and create your own ministry next Sunday. <laughs> It's like, this is the wheel we've created. These are the existing spokes in the wheel. Find one of these spokes to operate in. If we don't have that spoke yet and someone else does, we bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. This, this isn't come start your own thing. It's like, hey, get behind the thing that's already going. Did, did I do okay saying that? That wasn't too bad, was it? Okay, you can give me a tip later. Did I come to give my generosity? Did I come to give my encouragement? Did I come to give my service? And that's where I want to leave you today. As you walk out of here this morning, again, I'll give you this free red shirt. Ain't much to it, but we all have them. You don't have to buy them. If you will make a decision this afternoon to say, I want to go give something to somebody else. I want to go give something. And they shall say to me, in that day scariest scripture in all the New Testament did we not prophesy in your name did we not feed the sick did we not did we not speak in tongues did we not do all these things and he says depart from me I never knew you then he comes and says when you fed clothed visited, gave to, sheltered, poor, sick, suffering, infirm, widows, prisoners. You did it unto me. And I will say unto you in that day, enter into the kingdom, my good and faithful servant, which has been prepared for you. I don't care how high you jump. I don't care how fluent your prayer language is. I don't care how much you know the Bible, how many versions you read it in or translations of literature you can speak it in. What I want to know is can you love people? Can you make a difference? Can you serve? Can you lay down your agenda and make somebody else more important than you for a little bit of time today?